massages. I'm hoping you're having a great day. Um, so last night happened, right? Uh, for me, it was last night or yesterday, I suppose. Uh, Hartford and Legion played each other. And Legion got their first win of the season. Uh, it was a 2-1 victory. Um, and I've, I just want to, I and mean, obviously I want to talk about it, but I think there's a lot of panic. I say, I think, I know there's a lot of panic happening in, you know, the Legion world right now, in which I'm just going to say straight off, you know, I am 50 seconds in this episode and I'm telling you to chill out. <laughs> All right. So well, let's talk about the game in just a little bit. So. We had a pretty interesting lineup uh, from what it looked like uh, seeing the official starting lineups uh, based off of what uh, certain places have it as. Uh, you could call it a 3-4-3. You can call it a 3-4-2-1. Something of the sort, right? And there was a lot here. And... This is where I'm once again going to say I hate the solo striker. I think we need to be done with it. <laughs> um, you know, Juan uh, Agudelo bagged his first goal. Um, it was a penalty. Um, and then in the 92nd minute or 93rd minute, um, our boy, our man, the man himself, he's five foot six, and he's going to score a header a goal from a corner, uh, Anderson Isedu. Um, gets the game winner, but when Aguidella, he he got on the score sheet uh, via the penalty, and I don't know. There's just something about the solo striker thing that I hate. I hate it so much. It doesn't work for us. It just does not work for us. Um, if you look, or if you watch the match, right, and you kind of look at of what I want to call the average position, right? Where players tended to be, where, because really formations only mean so much. Um, okay. So basically formations are kind of what you think of whenever we see the formation, that's just kind of what they start off as. And that general shape should stay about the same, but they may not always end up being in the same position. So we saw when Aguidelo starting up top, right? But if you look at kind of how the match went down, Bruno Lapa was actually one of our more forward players. Bruno and Prosper were more or less like a striking partnership. And Wanagidello um, ended up being more of the almost provider, if you will. He, he definitely kind of sat back a little bit more, received the ball, played the ball off to Bruno or to Prosper, and then he made a run, right? And we saw that a few times. Uh, really, if you watch the match back, we didn't really see Juan be the most forward player, which is, again, why I think that a solo striker system just doesn't work for us. One of our forwards needs to be the person to like receive the ball and be a hold-up play. And the one thing that Coach Tommy Sohn said that whenever they picked him up, one of the big reasons they picked him up was his ability to hold the ball up and to play the ball on. He thought that was one of his biggest strengths. And we saw that on display here. And you saw whenever he would play the ball off to Bruno or to Prosper or occasionally the Johnny Dean, right? 
where he was making these plays, he was holding the ball up, allowing his team to get numbers as opposed to, we've kind of seen it before where it's just lump the ball long, play a long ball over the top, and just pray to God that somebody gets on the other end of it. And it really just ends up being like a one-on-three as opposed to maybe a three-on-three, which the attackers will almost always have the advantage there, right? Another thing that I just want to talk about with this match is that a lot of people were freaking out, saying that, you know, how bad or, you know, we're leaky or we're just not clinical. And there's a little bit of truth to that, right? And if you look at the official score sheet, you'll say, you know, we shot, how many was it? It was, uh, I, I don't even know how many shots we had. Off, uh, 19. We had 19 shots and only five were on target, right? But, and I want to remind you this, shots that hit the post t- are apparently not on target, which I think is a kind of crap. I, At least to me, I think that if the ball hits the woodwork, it it should be on target. I, I know that's kind of ticky-tacky because the ball can hit the crossbar and go in, so it's kind of... You know what I mean? But we had two shots that rattled the crossbar. I mean, Anderson, I mean, he deserved his goal that he got at the end of the match. But, I mean, he he rattled that crossbar. And Juan Aguadillo had the header that hit the post. And I just really, really wish that that counted as shots on target. Because most of the time, whenever we talk about this match, we're talking about you know, only 5% or only like, was it like 25, just over 25% of our shots were on target. We only had a, but if you look at it, it was a little bit better than that with seven of our shots being on target, which would be about accurate for what we're used to. Something else, and this is something that we've been complaining about a lot. So Legion fans, hey, let's talk about it. We wanted to see more shots from distance. We just wanted to see more shots, right? We've been getting sick and tired of the ticky-tacky or ticky-tacka, not ticky-tacky, I guess it, whatever. Um, The ticky-tacka passed the ball into the net that we got so used to with Tommy Ball. We were getting sick and freaking tired of it. Well, we got it. We got our answer this time, okay? We got what we were asking for. We got more shots. Do you know what happens when you have more shots? You have more shots that are going to miss the net. And I know it's as simple as, well, just shoot the ball at the net. You can't you can't score if you don't force the keeper to make a save. And I get that. But I, I think that we're going to see more chances created the way that we're playing right now. And... Let's just be honest. Let's just tell you if one of those go go in. If the Anderson Asidu goal goes in, and not just goes in, if it takes any other deflection than off the back of uh, Pack, I mean, that ball came down and hit him so perfectly that it went to his defender. I mean, what? You would say eight times out of ten that ball does not act that way and there's a follow-up shot for Legion? Almost every single time there would be. That was one of the most fortunate things I've ever seen, right? I I think we're having a totally different conversation here. If we're going into the half 2-1 uh, two, two up or even 2-0 up, I think we're having a totally different conversation right now. 
And let's not act like suddenly in the second half we were the much worse team, right? I mean, if you want to look at it, if you want to talk about just where all the action was happening, only like if I have seen the numbers correctly, and I would think that what I've seen, you know, uh, collaborate or uh, whatever the word, um, basically confirms what I saw. And Hartford only had the ball in the attacking third for about 15% of the match. That's not an exaggeration. That's legitimately what it was. They only had the ball in the attacking third, our defensive third, 15% of the time. And I know we should not have given up that goal. I get that. But, I listen, Legion fans. We wanted to go more attacking. We wanted to see more offense. We wanted to see all that, right? You're going to be a little leaky at the back when you start pushing more players forward. I mean, I'm not going to blame Van Zeal, right? But we're asking him to get more uh, far forward. If you look at where he ends up on the pitch, right? If you end up watching where he ends up for a majority of the matches or a majority of this match, I mean, he is in the just like kind of the neutral area, the neutral third, the middle third, while uh, Alice Cronali and uh, uh, Fanuel Cavita are still sitting in the defensive third playing there. I mean, Van Seal is getting massively far up the pitch. Same for Johnny Dean. We are seeing Johnny Dean playing so far forward, he is almost even with Juan Agudelo. His average position was almost as high as Juan Agudelo, right? And that's what we're asking for. We're asking for more offense. We're complaining because we're not having enough offense. Well, whenever you're pushing your, you know, your left back in this, you know, this case Johnny Dean, so far forward that he is almost farther up than your striker, you're going to be a little bit leaky in the back. And if you look at it too, I mean, Johnny Dean was playing almost the middle of the park. He was playing more of a left mid or like a yeah left midfielder role. He wasn't even playing as wide as a winger. He was playing almost the left midfield. And as opposed to, if you see whenever Ryan James came in, right? Ryan James was playing significantly farther out. Ryan James was playing, you know, basically pure wing. Did not get into inside of the boxed area very often, what we would call the middle of the pitch. That's, that's what we've asked them to do. We have asked Johnny Dean and Ryan James to push farther in, right? They're tucking inside because, I mean, if we look at it, I mean, uh, almost uh, almost 40% of our attacks came from the middle of the field, and that's great. I love that because we've been working these wings so much, and, you know, that's kind of how we play, but uh, so much of our talent's in the middle of the park. I mean... 38% of our attack came from the middle of the field, as opposed to Hartford, only 25% of their attack came from the middle of the field. You can see two different types of styles here, right? And so that leads you to believe, oh, well, so therefore Hartford was destroying on the wings. Well, yeah, because our wingbacks have been pushing up and playing as wingers. 
straight up getting to the corner flag and either trying to put in a cross or dribbling the ball in. And I think this is where we're seeing a lot of our issues defensively. I think we're seeing a Johnny Dean who is playing essentially as an inside forward and a Mikey Lopez who not as extreme. He's playing a little farther out, playing more like a winger almost um, and playing more as a wing back. He's not getting as far forward as uh, Johnny, but you know we're still seeing it where they're trying to get the ball as close to the box as possible and passing the ball in, but... What that does is that it gets our wingbacks, who are defenders, by the way, playing so far up that if they were to lose the ball, that it's immediately a counterattack. And that's what we saw. That's where we saw the goal happen. And whenever you watch, and I think uh, Morgan, which by the way, Morgan did, and uh, Blake were awesome on the call. I love Mike, but I want to hear more Morgan on the call, just to be honest. Um but if you decide to just look at what was happening in this match, you know, where where shots were being taken. I mean, this pass that came in for, oh, I'm going to mess up his name. Uh, Apoyon, I think is his name. I mean, he hits that ball and you could sit there and it all started off. And like I said, Morgan did a great job of breaking this down. Mikey waited too long to hit the cross. He did, and he was playing so far forward that he hit the cross straight into the defender, and suddenly there was a bunch of open grass, right? And so this is the fatal flaw defensively for the Legion. You're seeing that they're getting so far forward with our wingbacks that if they were to lose the ball, whether it be by the cross or by just dribbling the ball inside, there's immediately a breakaway on the flanks because there's nobody there. And we're going to have to be okay with that. We're just simply going to have to be okay with that. What's the solution? Maybe ask Van Casey not to get as far forward. I think playing with center backs that get high up is fine. I mean, uh, John uh, John Morrissey from USL Tactics talks about this a lot. But Legion, what they do is they push out the center backs. They push the wide center backs up. And you could see, like, Sheffield United, when they first came into the Premier League, they were they're letting their center backs get up there all the time. And that's kind of what Legion does. But the difference between Sheffield United and Legion, besides, you know, quality of player, is their wingbacks did not get as far forward. They did not ask their wingbacks to play winger. And the so we are just being left essentially with a two-man back line. And our fullbacks are getting, our wingbacks are getting so far forward that we're a little bit defensively shaky. But if we play our game right, these we're going to see more goals than we could see. I know we're so used at this point to having this ironclad defense. And so this is where I have to ask you guys, would you rather have the ironclad defense or would you rather score goals? Because unfortunately in the USL, it except for a select few teams, your Louisville cities right now, kind of the San Diego loyal and sort of the Tampa Bay Rowdies and the switchbacks, which by the way, if you're keeping up, those are the elite of the elite. You know, those are the teams that can do that. And if you think that Legion are on par with them, 
then yes, ask for us to do the same. But we've tried. We have tried doing that. And this is where we have to say that I still think it's our system. I think our system is the issue. We have so many good freaking players, man. I still want Eddie Horvat starting. And so who do you drop? I don't know. I think it's unfair. Maybe is it Prosper? But he's been so great. But we also saw the fatal flaw with Prosper Casambas last week or yesterday for Hartford, where we saw he was trying to play the ball. I can't remember exactly when it was. I feel like it was around the 60th minute. And Prosper gets the ball, has players lining up in the box. I mean, there are free runners. And he is playing on his right side, and he doesn't hit the cross. Why not? Because the ball was on his right foot. And... Basically, for Prosper to get the cross in quickly, it has to be on his left foot, which means we're going to have to get him on the left side. And I know you're thinking, well, what if what if we want Prosper to score? I get that. Yeah, I, I understand that. But at some point, we have to understand that maybe Prosper doesn't need to be our scorer. Maybe it needs to be Juan Aguidello. Maybe it needs to be Eddie Horvat. Maybe it needs to be Mackie Jop. Right now, we are asking our wingers to score more than our strikers. And I think having Prosper's passing ability, which is incredible, by the way, having him on the left side is just better. And I genuinely believe that if we put uh, Prosper on the left side, that you would see almost all of our problems be fixed. And maybe not all of them, but I think that whenever you have Prosper on the left side, you don't have to push Johnny Dean as far up. You don't have to push Mikey as far up because you have a reliable passer on both sides. Part of the reason we have Johnny out there is for good passing. The main reason that we have Mikey on the right side is for his ability to cross the ball. And he needs to cross the ball a little bit sooner, but... I think just in general, I think if you want to have more reliable service into the box and you want to see more come out of our strikers, you got to put Prosper on the left. Or drop him entirely for Eddie. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't envy Coach Sohn right now. I don't. I think that... I think Coach Stone is having to deal with the embarrassment of riches right now, and we have players that don't deserve to get dropped, but they're going to have to. I mean, heck, we saw Ryan James. I thought Ryan James was incredible, by the way. Um, he was fantastic, and I I don't know. I, what do you do with that? I don't know. <sighs> I want to talk a little bit more before we end the episode. And let me say, XG is a bunch of crap. I don't really put a lot of weight into XG. I think the what you do, and by the way, XG means expected goals. Basically, wherever a shot is taken, you can expect a goal from that position a certain percentage of the time, right? Uh, for example, uh, the penalty spot. If you look at percentages, the goalkeeper or the person who's taking the shot 
scores almost 79% of the time, right? The goalkeeper is at a massive disadvantage, only saving 21% of the penalty shots. So therefore, the XG of that shot, I think the exact number is like uh, 0.788. So it's almost a guaranteed goal. Legion, they had an XG of 2.89 as opposed to Hartford's 8.1. All right. I mean, Hartford had, let's see, I think it was only five shots with an XG over of 10%, basically. We didn't allow many high chance shots one of them goes in but that happens that's football we're taking more shots which is what we have wanted we're taking quality shots i mean i i can't get over the miss by marlon um he had that shot that happened on the back post that was just wide open i still have no idea how he missed that i <laughs> it was more it was kind of more impressive that he missed. <laughs> Not saying I would have made it because I suck at soccer, but that was rough. Um, I don't know. And by the way, we saw Marlon uh, get a little bit shaken up after that goal from or after the play from Pack, and I do think that that was a little bit of a play that it was more of a re-injury because if you watch the U.S. Open Cup, he took a massive hit. Um, during the U.S. Open Cup match against Southern State's SC Stars. Um, and the place that he was holding, the place that he was just, like, in pain was almost the same exact place that he got that little knock against the Stars. So something tells me that he really isn't hurt, more or less just hurting, you know what I mean? But I guess we'll see. So maybe don't worry about that as much. He was mad, mad um, <laughs> having to come out of that match. I mean, he looked good. But, I mean, Marlon's another example of – and this is a, a Tommy Stone style. And this is just more or less just me talking and trying to reiterate a point. Marlon is ridiculous. Okay. Marlon could kill it on a futsal court. I mean, just absolutely just wreak havoc, wreak havoc. Right, um, I really am impressed what we see from Marlon, but the thing with Marlon is that he's going to dribble the ball into the box. He's not normally going to put in the the cross, and that's not a bad thing. But if we're going to have a player who's going to dribble the ball in, we need to have two strikers. The solo striker does not freaking work. At least not the way that we play, and. I think we need to accept that, and there needs to be a conversation. I'm having this conversation constantly, but, you know, I know there are some people in the Legion office that listens to this. Hey, hey, guys. But, I mean, to be honest, if I'm Coach Sohn, hey, Coach Sohn, if you're listening to this, hi, but you're not, um, I wouldn't listen to me if I was Coach Sohn. I mean, you've been coaching forever. But I also think that some of these trends we can't ignore. And the solo striker just does not work for us. And I think it's time to move away from it. Who do you drop? I don't know. I think the only answer here would be a prosper. 
but I also think that's just insanely unfair, right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe you drop a Bruno sometimes for an Eddie. Maybe you drop Prosper for Eddie. You drop somebody there for Eddie. And maybe the answer is simple as go back to a four-man back line. And, you know, you bring in a Van Kaziel for uh, an Enzo Martinez or an Anderson Asedu or another center back. And that gives you more options in your midfield, right? That said, I don't know if that's the right answer because I really like our three center back system. But I don't know. I think it's a conversation worth having. But I think I've exhausted all the conversation points. Um, if you're going to go look for the post-match reaction blog, there is no blog this week. Um, I'm still trying to figure out if there's going to be a pre-match preview for Detroit City. I wanted to get some some uh, Detroit supporters uh, like the independent uh, sport or independence supporters, I think is the name of it, for Detroit City. Um, or the, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? Uh, the 451 Detroit pod. They do good work. Um, and I wanted to get them on, but with my schedule and how just life is going right now, I just don't have the time, <laughs> you know? Um, so I might, that might just be another solo episode. And I think that solo pre-match preview is going to be a lot more entertaining than this last one for Hartford because there's a lot of fun talking points with Detroit. Sorry, Hartford, but there just wasn't a lot of fun talking points. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know. We'll see. We will see. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, game day vlog is about to go live so check that out um and until next time guys keep hammering on